Welcome to the Technology Trailblazers podcast, where we explore new ways to unlock business potential with unprecedented technological innovation. Hi there, I'm your host, Derek Little, and this is the podcast for companies of all sizes wanting to digitally transform their business with the latest technology. In this podcast, I was honored to speak with Zach Jemignani, CEO of Juice Analytics, a data analytics firm from Nashville, Tennessee. Zach and his brother launched Juice Analytics in 2005 when they saw businesses struggling to share data. Companies were failing to deliver what he calls the last mile in analytics. Zach believes great data stories should start with a conversation, but they must also be accessible through the latest technology. So modern business storytellers, like consultants, need an easy-to-use digital solution. In this episode, he explains how consultants can overcome complex analytics and gain a competitive advantage from using his SaaS data visualization tool called Juicebox. Here's what Zach had to say. I started Juice Analytics with my brother, Chris. So uh, we started, it's almost 17 or 18 years ago that we started Juice. And when we started as a company, we knew we wanted to do something with data and analytics. We both kind of shared a passion in that area, but we we had a bunch of ideas of what the business could be uh, without too much clarity. And so we started working with some companies, helping them analyze their data, understand what, what they were finding in the data. And um, there was really this turning point for us early on. We were working with this uh, online uh, education organization that uh, ran virtual schools and they, they had given us a bunch of data and they wanted us to understand why students were leaving at the end of the year, whether they would, they would retain students or they'd come back. So we had done a lot of analysis and we were getting to this point uh, where we needed to present that to the executive team and thinking about how we were going to present that. And it, we had this inspiration kind of the night before late at night, we were inspired uh, to think about how we could present that in a as a movie and and really look at how students were leaving the school or coming back and where they were going and present that in an animated way. This was and we ended up my brother and I staying up all night putting together this animated movie showing that data, visualizing that data, and and presented that the next day and really found found that kind of the most engaging way that we could we could share that information. So we had gathered some insights and learned some things from the data, but really found that if we if we added some creativity and thought about how we delivered that data, it could make a big difference in terms of getting uh, executives engaged with the data and the insights that we were finding. So that was a moment, I think, when we went from being a analytics company that was working with data, trying to find insights to realizing what Chris and I were really passionate about was how you communicate data and how you visualize it and how you make it so that um, anyone can understand what that data means to them and what they should do about it. And that, so really from that moment forward as a company, we've been focused on this challenge that tons of people have, lots of organizations struggle with this. They have a lot of data, they're doing a lot of analysis on it, but they struggle with how do they how do they communicate and collaborate around that data and make it so that everyone in the organization can use that data as part of their of how they do their work. 
Interesting. So I understand you have this term that I read on your website that you call the last mile in analytics. And this kind of describes why businesses struggle to utilize data and influence action. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, this was a this is a term we coined a long time ago as we were thinking about this challenge. And um, this was back in the day when people called it business intelligence. Um, so I think we originally called it the last mile of business intelligence, but it really, you know, relates to a lot of the investments and efforts that have gone into data science, machine learning, all the advancements that have occurred since then. There's been there's always a lot of focus on gathering data analyzing that data, building models around it. There's, and what we found is that there still remains this gap of how do you take that data and uh, communicate it in a way that it's going to influence the people who can take action on that data. Often the people who can take action on it are not as analytical by nature as the people who are working on the data. Uh, you, whether they're frontline decision makers, executives, um, you know, whether these are operational decisions or strategic decisions, reaching those people and presenting data, visualizing data in ways that are going to help them know what it means and really most importantly, know what action they should take based on that data uh, is something that has you know, existed when we started talking about this term 10 or 15 years ago, and it exists just as much today. The more data we have, I think this, this problem still persists. And this is, again, kind of the, the goal and the vision for our company is to help find a way that anybody can take, take that data and make it part of how you communicate with other people in an organization so that smarter decisions are being made. Yeah, in my, in my background, I studied uh, data warehousing and uh, I studied uh, a business intelligence tool called Cognos. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's sure. just mind-bending. <laughs> My work to dig through to get the, just the smallest insights and all the data, and just just unbelievably complicated. So there's and so there's different these different skill sets. So there are the people who are deep in that data and where they relish digging around in that data and analyzing it. But often those people are not as effective at, at thinking about how do they tell a story with that, that data? How do they um, understand what their audience needs to know so that they deliver just the right amount of data? Yeah, that's a different problem to solve. It's like you were saying, you're working data analytics and you realize the real issue is actually how to communicate that data in a creative way where people aren't just looking at boring data, they're looking at a story and something that's exciting and uh, they can get it right away. <laughs> yeah, it's, so that gap, that last mile that we talk about is, you know, it's not so much a technology thing. We've been saying this for a long time. It's not, it's not a technology gap. There's not a, um, there are lots of tools. It's, it's more of a, um, a social, personal and skills challenge. It's a mindset. It's a, um, it's about the person who's doing the person who's doing that analysis needs to have empathy and an understanding of their audience so that they know that you know they know the best way to show that data in a way that's going to really reach them um, so that they'll do something about it. And I understand you have 
three principles uh, of, uh, of data analytics and presenting data that I read about on your about page. And the first one is that you believe that data must be a conversation, not just a presentation. So now going beyond what you said, the presentation is critically important. You say it must actually also be a conversation. So are you thinking like storytelling here? Yeah, I think it's it. This definitely relates to data storytelling, which is a, a real passion of ours. Um, but it, it it's it relates to um, you know the conversations you're trying to create coming out of data. So it's not um, you don't want to be in a place where you're doing a bunch of analysis on the data and then expect that if you simply broadcast that information to people in the organization, that something will come of it. That's, that's really not the way things work. It's what you need to have is ways that you're collaborating with the people who are doing the analysis and the people who are, who are, might make decisions on that data to have conversations about it um, and be able to go back and forth. I think this is, this is part of the gap that, um, you know, we've seen in the IT world for a long time. It also exists in the data world where it's, there needs to be this conversation that goes back and forth where people are asking questions and the data can help answer some of those questions. But really, in, an, in analytics, um, any question that you answer often just spawns another question, <laughs> but hopefully it's a better question. So really what you're trying to do is create a back and forth cycle where people are able to um, ask better questions, get those questions answered and refine their understanding so that they get closer and closer to the most important questions and the things that they, they're going to be actionable. Um, so that's why we feel like that dialogue, that human connection. Um, and again, sort of this last mile, how do you, how do you create that connection so that people can talk back and forth using data as part of how they communicate? Um, and if you can create that, kind of dialogue, this is why we use the term fluency, data fluency in our book. Um, if you can create that kind of back and forth, uh, I think that's how you create smarter organizations. Okay, let's talk a little bit about your tool. So now you've created this tool based on your many years of experience in analytics called Juicebox. And uh, this kind of leads into your second of your third principle here is, which is users must have an experience that matches the apps that they enjoy on their smartphone and in their browser. So it needs to be, there needs to be some kind of technology behind some tool, some way of uh, yeah. getting- even, So even though I don't say it's, you know, this is not a, it's not really a technology problem that we're, we're talking about. We do feel like there's room for better solutions, better tools for people to be able to work with and communicate data. And that's the, so we've built this platform called Juicebox. Juicebox is a, um, it's a way where anybody who has some data can build interactive data stories. So these can look like dashboards or reports or presentations, um, but are, are really intended as ways for people to be able to take some data and turn it into something that they, um, that communicates their message. So that's what, that's what Juicebox does. And what, what we felt like is missing, um, and despite there's lots of there's lots of tools out there, there are lots of tools for analyzing data, there's lots of tools for visualizing data. What we felt like didn't exist and we created with Juicebox was a tool that was 
accessible to a much broader audience than than we had previously seen. So usually the domain of data and, and analytics is a small group of people who know how to use Tableau or Power BI and have a very specialized skill set to be able to analyze and visualize that data. And that's, you know, that helps solve a lot of problems in organizations. But um, we felt like there's a lot of opportunity to reach a much broader group of people, people who wouldn't consider themselves data analysts, but still work with data all the time. People who are consultants and have a message they want to convey with data, but don't, don't view themselves as technical or, or, or a developer. Um, so that's really where Juicebox fits in, is, is, is we're trying to make it so that effectively give people something that's as easy to use as PowerPoint or Excel, you know, familiar tools like that, but as a modern tool that's, that's, that's about building web applications, and which means you have a lot more power to work with bigger data and make it interactive and easier to share. So that's, that's what we've created with Juicebox. Um, and I think it's, it's really about kind of reaching this much bigger group of people who um, have been left out of this uh, data exploration world. Okay, and and your third principle is you said that businesses need a complete solution, not just a build-it-yourself kit. And, yeah, and, and we can talk a bit about you know some of the features and benefits of Juicebox, and I'd love to actually talk about I'm a user of Juicebox, <laughs> my business, and I've created a special report that's based on Juicebox. So we can talk about that in a minute. But when you say that businesses need a complete solution, what what are you referring to there? Yeah, I think that there are a lot of, um, as I said, there's a lot of technical tools for being able to build dashboards and reports. Um, but there's a few things that those tools are missing. Uh, they don't have, I think, built into them the kinds of best practices that we've learned over 15 years of presenting data. So they kind of, they're a toolkit with a lot of, functionality, but they are not, they don't make it easy for anyone to be able to create something really great. Um, so we've worked really hard on Juicebox to bake into the experience, the, the thinking about how you communicate data effectively, how do you create uh, data stories that are going to be compelling to people and, and drive them to action. And so we really wanted to kind of package in not just the the technology, but the thinking and the and the mindset that helps you bridge that last mile gap. So everything, you know, I, I like to think that all of the thinking and ideas we've had as we've tried to solve these problems of this last mile have kind of been synthesized into what we've launched with Juicebox. Okay, Th this part of the podcast is usually where. I asked the guest to give me, uh, uh, tell me a customer success story. But as it so happens, <laughs> I'm someone who's using Juicebox, and I'd love to uh, tell my audience and uh, give you some feedback on, on how the whole experience worked for me. And I've got to say, it's just been sensational. I love the report. I love using Juicebox. I've had like five clients who I've put through, uh, like I, I've created a survey that I use to gather the data. And then I use this data to strategically put it into an Excel spreadsheet. 
that was a little bit tricky to figure that out at first. And then I can just upload these spreadsheets into Juicebox and literally in one minute, I can create this massively, uh, take a massive amount of complexity and simplify it right down into a scatter plot chart where the recipient of the free report can just click on a different quadrant and it automatically gives them, tells them where the strengths and weaknesses are in their marketing. So it's, yeah. This is, a, this is a great use case. I mean, I love what you've done with it. Um, this, is a, this is a common scenario for us where we see people who, Juicebox and the communication of data as a data story is, is really useful um, in the conversation that consultants are having with their clients. So um, as a consultant, you're often in this place where you have data, you have expertise, deep expertise, and you have this message that you want to convey to your client. And the ability to put all those things together into, uh, into this interactive data story as this kind of thing you can walk somebody through. And, and when you combine data with your expertise and your message, you're bringing a lot of like your own credibility, but also the credibility of the data. So your, your, your use case, you've gathered this survey data from the client. It's their data, it's their responses, right? So you, when you present it back to them, they can't argue with what they've said because they said it. <laughs> exactly, it's like a self-diagnosis. I think what, what we find is really powerful is when you can move beyond the, the kind of static PowerPoint that you would normally do. I don't know if that's what you're doing exactly before, but it's very common that people are, are in that conversation, you're being very, you're being entirely prescriptive. What you're doing now is you're, while you're guiding the conversation, you're also empowering your audience to interact with it. It's interactive. That's what it is. And they think and not part of it, you know, and they get to select, well, this is an area I care about. And, and you said you give them options. And, you know, as a parent, we know, you know, you got to give your kids options. Of course, you want to give them good options, but you want them to be able to make choices. And this is, I think, is important with clients too. You're not trying to just say this is the only answer. You want them to feel like they have options. So you're giving them that stuff without kind of, you know, getting away from that static mode of saying, here's what I found. And therefore, here's the recommendation. And people can feel dragged through that. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like, it's like they're out of control. I'm trying to put them in control. And I'm really just trying to get a conversation going with them. Say, look, you know, here's the answers that you gave me. And for these 10 different needs for each marketing strategy that I'm recommending, you picked out these needs, you know, and these needs are all listed in basically a hierarchical order. If you do these 10 things, you're going to have visibility in the marketplace and they've picked out a couple, and now I can have a conversation with them at least. And say, like, hey, why do you say that? Where, like, what have you tried here? Now we've got something to talk about that's based on their decisions rather than me being a consultant and telling them what to do. It's more like almost like semi-coaching, consulting kind of, yeah, well, it's, you know, working together with them. You want to be like a trusted advisor. Exactly, yeah. Puts you in that role of being like, I'm guiding you because I'm an expert here, but you trust me because, because there is that collaboration, which goes back to one of our principles. It's not just telling, it's, it's 
creating a collaboration and a conversation. And I think when you, if you bring people in, then you're building, you know, you're building this relationship with them that is more effective to getting people to ultimately do something based on the data. So it's, it's fantastic to see what you're doing and, and see how, I mean, I think it aligns with a lot of the things that we believe are really important. Um, and I think, you know, building something like what you built with Juicebox on your, if you'd wanted to build a website like that, that would take a long time. Oh yeah. Um, just it's, it's hard to think. Like my, my experience was just like, you have live chat on your website. I didn't even really know how to get started. I talked to a live chat. They gave me a few tips and uh, I got a little bit of coaching from them on what to do. And I, you know, I, I, I went through setting up the spreadsheet at first. That was a bit, you know, should I do it this way? Should I do it that way? And once I had that figured out, and once I just sort of, you know, worked with the tools in Juicebox, where you can, you know, select what type of chart. You have a number of different charts that someone can select, like a bar chart or a scatter plot chart or different types of charts, and they can then add like a like a uh, content section to give a description of that section of the chart. And then data all kind of flows down in a hierarchical way. And uh, I got the hang of it pretty quickly, I got to admit. And the great thing that I really love about it is that I can just keep updating my spreadsheet so I can review the data that I put in the chart. And I keep doing this. I go into the report and I go, hmm, you know, oh, there's an extra tactic that I should have added there or I made a spelling mistake there. And I can just open up my Excel spreadsheet, just change the data and woof, hit the button and it just well, updates. And you can just duplicate that for different clients. Exactly. Yeah. So when I get, if I get a new client who takes the survey, I can just duplicate that chart and just upload their data in like a minute. So it's fantastic. Yeah. And it looks really good too. It's a good looking chart. Well, we're a little, we're, we're, we're a little obsessed with the visual here at Juice too, I think in the, in the sense that, uh, if you make things look good, I think as you had mentioned, one of the principles that we have talked about is this, um, is you gotta make things kind of look, you need the experience and the look of what people have become accustomed to on their mobile devices. I mean, that, that's what people, you know, we know that work and home, there's hardly a difference anymore. Mm -hmm. <laughs> a lot of us are working from home and it's, you know, so there's very little line between these, but in the, software business software world there can be a real distinction between like the crappy user experiences you have in trying to work with things business tools and then what and then you go and you have a consumer experience where things are very fluid and easy to work with and i think we're we're trying to bridge that divide as well as be like working with data and expressing data presenting it should be engaging and good looking and um fun all these you know, it's, it's it's hard to do, but trying to make it so that it it looks looks like a mobile app and has that kind of engaging experience. Yeah, I gotta admit, I thought like when I first went to your website and I I read the information, I thought, oh my god, this is that sounds great, but this is gonna be hard. <laughs> and then when I dug into it a little bit, at first I thought, okay, this might be really tricky. I talked to your chat though, and 
it really within a day or so I had it all figured out. And then Glad you got over this. That it's that little hump that we are. Uh, yeah, it's a little hump yeah. to get people over because working with data. It's tricky. Yeah. It's a little tricky. And, and we don't have a, we don't have a magic bullet to say, help people take their data in some difficult structure and just make that work magically. But we're working on that more and more. We do. We want to make it just like shorten that time from like, Oh, I would like to create something to I've already I've created something and I know how this thing works. Yeah, it, it, it's a little it's a little tricky to under because every situation is kind of unique. How do we have to build the spreadsheet? How do we build the report? It, it, you see how it would be unique for everyone. But uh, but once you get it figured out, you're just flying along and uh, I'm loving it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, are there any, uh, just to, to round things up, are there any announcements that you'd like to share uh, or any information you want to share with people who are interested in uh, getting started with two spots? Yeah, I think, you know, you can go to our website at juiceanalytics.com and anyone can sign up and we have a free tier that you can get on there and use it. You can you can build as much as you want, really, build, build these types of applications um, at our free tier it's only when you start to add lots of team more team members that we that our subscription uh, kicks in the other thing that I would I would want your listeners to know about is we we do think a lot about data storytelling and and we've been thinking about it and and sharing our thinking on that for a long time and we've put together um, a bunch of content to help you learn some of the principles of data storytelling. So this is everything from choosing the right visualizations and charts to um, how do you make something look good when you're when you're presenting that data to how do you structure a data story um, and, and create a narrative around it and guide people to actions. So there's, there's a lot to learn and we have um, a number of interactive lessons that are available also at our website, uh, there's juiceanalytics slash data dash storytelling. Um, we have a bunch of free content there um, as well as some really short video contents around that. So we find that's a really useful way to just introduce people to um, our thinking about how do you more effectively present data? We feel like there's a lot um, a lot of opportunity for people to do that better. And we're hoping to help people learn some of those skills through, through that content. And of course, you know, jump in there and apply those skills in Juicebox. Okay. Well, we're coming to the end of the show, Zach. If someone wants to reach out to you and learn more or contact you for more information, what's your uh, website address again? And uh, how can they get in touch with you? Yeah, it's... Uh, juiceanalytics.com. If you go there, you can, um, we have a whole bunch of uh, resources and content. I can be reached if, if really, if people want to reach out directly. I love, I love talking to people who are working with these challenges and trying to, trying to solve them. So I'm at Zach, Z-A-C-H, at juiceanalytics.com. Um, so I'd really look forward to connecting with people. You can, you know, look me up on LinkedIn or something. I'd be happy to connect. So uh, I hope I have an opportunity to chat. Great. Thanks for coming on the show, Zach. Absolutely. Thanks, Derek. 
Now I'd like to introduce a new segment I'm adding to my podcast called The Priority Report. This is based on a free report I'm creating for each new guest that's based on the juice box tool I just featured in this episode. This report is based on my survey called the Marketing Priorities Survey, which helps each guest identify their marketing priorities. The survey examines their needs based on four universal marketing objectives. These include creating visibility, making more sales, increasing customer value, and building brand authority. To kick off my first episode of the Priority Report, I'd like to share a few of my thoughts on how Zach can handle his marketing priorities. After Zach took my survey, his report showed me that one of his most important yet underserved marketing needs is to minimize the likelihood of not having a system for maintaining marketplace visibility. So here's my advice. For starters, I'd suggest that Zach start focusing more closely on niche markets. For example, consultants. I'd also think about creating a separate industries webpage for the Juice Analytics website for adding content in each niche like case studies. I'd also focus on the largest consultant markets first, such as healthcare, technology, and marketing. To create visibility, I'd suggest that Zach create a marketing program using a combination of content and public relations. And an idea that I have is to create a data analytics report storytelling contest using Juicebox. Participants in this contest would be consultants who've used Juicebox to create a report like I have. The goal would be to create shareable content that promotes Juicebox and also promotes each participating consultant. How it could work is Zach could run the contest using LinkedIn polls, which is free and easy to use. Although I would only include non-competing consultants in each poll, this way each consultant would be more likely to share the poll with their network. And then each would benefit from the promotional effort of the others as each consultant tries to get the most votes by promoting their own report. A prize could be offered to all participants in a poll, uh, such as a digital badge to showcase their participation. And the poll winner could get a special top five winner digital badge. If this contest gained momentum, I'd think about creating a naming strategy for it, maybe building on the theme of juicing, like the best juicer award or something like that. Next, I'd think about creating a contest rules ebook or some sort of guide that could provide more details on the criteria that voters could use to choose a winner. And this ebook could also include directions on how to use the features of Juicebox and provide tips on how to create a good story structure with data. To promote the contest even more, I'd create a leaderboard report for tracking the winners. And I understand that Juicebox offers a leaderboard feature. So creating a leaderboard would promote Juicebox at the same time, and such a leaderboard could also be promoted on LinkedIn. In the future, more polls could be run to find an overall top winner. So Juice Analytics could hold sort of a data analytics playoff series for their contest. Now, what I found interesting about Zach's report is that he has another important and underserved marketing need that he could solve at the same time as the first one. And that is to minimize the likelihood of not nurturing potential customers throughout their buyer's journey. My advice here would be to take his contest to the next level by creating a podcast based on the survey. For example, he could call it the Data Storytelling Podcast. And poll winners could be brought onto the show as guests 
where each guest would get a chance to tell the story behind their juice box report. The thing to know about creating a podcast is the two greatest ongoing challenges are one, finding guests, and two, figuring out what to talk about. So with a podcast based on a data storytelling contest, Zach would already have these two problems solved. Each episode could promote the guest's company, and at the same time, it would be promoting Juicebox and the Juicebox contest. And each guest would be encouraged to share it with their LinkedIn network. And the show could also be distributed on Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon.com, and other platforms. Now, once Zach has created an interesting and informative podcast, he would then be in a position to create a newsletter. And this could be used to generate and nurture leads. So other consultants who have not yet created a juice box report could sign up to the newsletter for free tips and ideas on how to create their own report. So to summarize, my suggestions for Zach are to create a juice box report contest using LinkedIn polls and then promote it with an email podcast newsletter to nurture leads. I think a marketing program like this would help him solve his two greatest marketing priorities. And again, these are to minimize the likelihood of not having a system for maintaining visibility and minimize the likelihood of not nurturing potential customers throughout their buyer's journey. So that's my point of view and a few of my ideas on how Zach can handle his marketing priorities. Thanks for listening to the Technology Trailblazers Club podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. I'm Derek Little, founder of trailblazerwriting.com. My company provides complete marketing programs as well as a la carte services such as marketing consulting, content development, PR, including podcast development, and complete program management. For more information about my services, visit trailblazerwriting.com or contact me directly at Derek at trailblazerwriting.com.